Hello everyone, my name is Brendan Marr. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator. And welcome to Page Turners They Were Not, my Star Wars podcast. Today we're going to talk about the Battle of Starkiller Base. Alright, now, Starkiller Base was theorized by some Star Wars fans to have once been the planet of Ilum. Ilum was the planet where the Jedi used to go to retrieve their lightsaber crystals. Within every lightsaber is a crystal. The crystal defines what color the blade is. Um, Apparently, a dark sider will take a lightsaber crystal and through some process turn it red. But naturally, they come in other colors. Ilum was introduced to us in Star Wars The Clone Wars. When Ahsoka led a group of young Jedi younglings as they are called to retrieve their crystals. Because the planet Ilum bore resemblance to Starkiller Base, it was theorized by some fans that they were one and the same. And the Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary has confirmed that the fans were right and they are indeed the same planet. The First Order converted the planet Ilum into Starkiller Base, using the kyber crystals that naturally exist within the planet as uh, basically, uh, basically the planet is able to contain the energy of stars. Uh, when the when the starkiller base drains a star, the kyber crystals within the planet are able to harness that energy. Uh, in conjunction with the base's power core. So this being said, let us describe the battle. Now, we know, of course, that the Starkiller base was used to destroy the Hosnian system. The planet Hosnian Prime was the seat of the New Republic. Now, what we do not get in the movie, but do get in other sources, is that the First Order was not considered a threat by many members of the Galactic Senate. Um, what happened was the First Order emerged and Leia, who was acting as a senator, 
trying to warn our fellow senators of the danger posed by the First Order. Many of them were unwilling to listen. In fact, another senator who was an enemy of Leia informed the Senate the fact that Leia was the daughter of Darth Vader or Anakin Skywalker. And because of the evil that Darth Vader did, many of the senators in the New Republic were unwilling trust life. Because of being discredited and because you couldn't convince anybody that the First Order was a threat, Leia left and formed the resistance. Which, as we know, is kind of a paramilitary group. And Leia recruited those sympathetic to her cause including bringing Admiral Akbar out of retirement. But Leia's warnings that had gone unheeded by the Republic proved true when Starkiller Base in one swift move destroyed the seat of the Republic, setting the galaxy in disarray. Now, the, because Finn was able to break the conditioning holding him as a stormtrooper, he was the one who was able to deliver vital information to the resistance about the nature of the Starkiller. Also, a reconnaissance flight by Snap Wexley added to their information they had about the uh, Starkiller base. And with this information, they were able to formulate a plan to get in and destroy the thermal oscillator. The thermal oscillator in conjunction with other elements was able to contain the massive energy that the Starkiller generated. As we know, Starkiller base drains nearby stars and uses that power to fire its weapon. The uh, First Order had tracked uh, where the Resistance base was on Dakar and was planning to destroy it. So, our heroes formulated a plan. Han Solo 
an extremely risky and ridiculous maneuver. Flew in at hyperspace, getting past the shield, getting past the planetary shield to reach the surface. Now, Ray had been kidnapped when the First Order had attacked Takodana. And Finn was eager to rescue her. In fact, as we later learned, that was all that Finn was there to do. Leading to a hilarious scene between him and Han Solo. Now, Ray while being interrogated by Kylo Ren, the dyad in the force between her and Kylo was unlocked. At least that's how I interpret it. And Ray was therefore able to have the know-how to use the force more actively than she had before. All of her use of the force up to that point had been without her realizing it. But once the dyad had been unlocked, as Kylo Ren put it, you know, the longer she's out, the stronger she becomes. More or less. Ray was able to escape using her new newly unlocked uh, force potential and kind of met our heroes halfway. Um, now, of course, uh, Ray and Finn went off to allow uh, to one particular building so that they can get access to Han Solo to get inside the thermal oscillator. Once they did that, Han and Chewie got inside the thermal oscillator. As Ray and Finn, in a chase scene, uh, which didn't make it in the movie, but was later shown in the Forces of Destiny. Sorry. Shown in the Forces of Destiny cartoon. That after uh, Finn and Ray had opened the doors for Han, they raced back across the snow in a stolen speeder, being chased by First Order snowtroopers. They arrived at the oscillator to see quite a sight. While Han and Chewie were planting detonators in the oscillator, Kylo Ren was confronted by his father. Han Solo didn't call him Kylo Ren. He called him Ben. His real name. Now Han, now I believe Han knew that he was going to die. Or that the odds of him dying were extremely high. Though Han always said, never tell me the odds. But because Han Solo loved his son, Ben, 
he was willing to put his life on the line in the smallest of chance that he could save his son. Of course, walking out on a, on a bridge with no railings might have been kind of silly. But hey, you know, imperial architecture. Um, now, Finn and Ray were there to witness it. And Ben had that moment. But shows, instead of turning back to the light, chose to murder his father. Chewbacca, howling in rage, shot Ben in the abdomen with his bowcaster, which of course would later prove to be very useful. Chewie activated the detonators, causing a massive explosion in the oscillator. Chewie ran off to get the Millennium Falcon. Ben and Ray ran off into the nearby woods. Uh, sorry, Finn and Ray ran into the nearby woods. But Kylo Ren pursued them. Confronted them in the forest and engaged both of them in a lightsaber battle. Finn tried to fight with the lightsaber, but was quickly taken out. But Ray, in one of the, I think one of the best moments in the sequel trilogy, used the force to pull the lightsaber to her. Luke's lightsaber, and engaged Ben in a duel. Or Kylo Ren at this point, not Ben. <laughs> um, now, of course, Ray was getting beat until she opened her mind to the force and let the force flow through her and defeated Kylo Ren, giving him a nasty scar. Poe Dameron, who had led the X-Wings in the fight, after the explosions on the oscillator, a hole had opened up for him to get inside. He flew his X-Wing down a trench. Sound familiar? He flew into the oscillator and put the power generators in it. And flew out. The oscillator exploded, causing the planet to destabilize and begin to crumble. Uh, Chewie rescued Ray and an injured Finn, and they flew off in the Falcon with Poe and the X-Wings right behind as Starkiller Base exploded, becoming, oddly enough, another star. And our heroes had won the Battle of Starkiller Base. General Hux and Kylo Ren had escaped. Um, Snoke had wanted Kylo to retrieve Ray and bring her to him on his flagship. But Ray escaped, so 
Kylo returned to his master. Alright, that's the battle in an overview. Now, of course, we know that soon after the First Order attacked the car, and it was inside to escape, but for that moment, our heroes celebrated their victory. Finn, who had not been killed in the fight, was rushed off to the, uh, the medical team. R2-D2 woke back up, and he and BB-8 were able to piece together the map to Luke Skywalker. And the rest is history. Alright. That is a general overview of the Battle of Starkiller Base. There are other details explained in other books that I have not read, unfortunately. But that's basically the overview of what we see in the films. I'm going to take a short break, and when I come back, I'm going to give you my thoughts on this battle. See you in a moment. Okay, we're back. Now for my thoughts on this battle. Um, I do enjoy elements of the battle, but there are other elements that I don't particularly enjoy. Um, let me just get the ones out of the way that I don't like really quick. I do think the plan that they come up with in the briefing room is just a Sorry, just to fly in and hit the oscillator with everything they got is probably one of the most hastily put together plans that I've ever seen in Star Wars. Just that Poe's like, let's go in and hit it with everything we got. Okay. You know, it, it there isn't much in the way of planning. Now, you could argue that maybe they were pressed for time. So, and I think it was even announced in that briefing that the, the First Order was charging the base again. Uh, charging Starkiller base so they could attack the resistance. So they didn't really have much time, so maybe you could excuse the hastily put together plan. But it was ridiculous that Han's like, I've got a way to infiltrate it, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Now, a friend of mine and I were discussing that this morning, actually. And he says, and I agree, if the Millennium Falcon can get past the shields in hyperspace by traveling through hyperspace, why didn't they just have the X-Wings do that, too? You know what? That's a, a. I told him that was an excellent point. One that I had not even considered. So, yes, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Or, or rather, what we see in the movie doesn't make sense. Or logically isn't followed through because 
Yeah, make sure that you found all the ships. Go do that maneuver. So they can be inside the shield. And... I don't know. I mean, that's a whole other can of worms right there. Um, one other thing that I just want to get out of the way really quick is on Takodana, where Maz's castle is, our heroes are able to see the Hospian system be blown up. Now, logically, that doesn't make any sense because... Well, okay. When you watch the movie, you might just assume that the Hossian system is in the same solar system as Tekken. But if you read like the supplemental material, you will see that Hossian Prime is far away from Tekken in the galaxy. And so the fact that they could see it doesn't make sense. Now, of course, Pablo Hidalgo, who is like the keeper of the continuity, later said it's the technology that powers the Starkiller that allowed them to see it. Now, I'm just going to put on my tinfoil hat for a minute. I think it is entirely possible that the special effects team and the, and, the, and the writers and the director were not on the same page as the continuity team. And what I mean by that is, if we ignore the supplemental material, it makes complete sense that they could see it. Because we would just assume it's in the same solar system. But using the supplemental material, it doesn't make sense. So I am inclined to believe that it was an error and that the continuity people had to come up with a really dumb explanation to cover for the fact that not everybody was on the same page for that scene. Now that may not make any sense to you. <laughs> But, if, if we just go by just what's in the movie, it all makes sense, I think. Okay, uh, now as for the other elements of the battle, I do like... The lightsaber fight is interesting, and some people wonder why Rey could stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Kylo Ren. Well, as I always say, the force is more powerful than people. People act as conduits to the force. The force allowed Ray to have the strength to fight Kylo Ray. Because it was the force at work, not Ray. And also, of course, the dyad and things like that. So, to me, it makes sense. Because it's the force flowing through her. But as Yoda taught, things might seem impossible. But they're not. You just have to believe that they can work. 
you just have to let the force flow through you. And doubting it is what causes you not to succeed. So Ray embraced the force and was able to defeat Kylo Ray. Now, Poe Dameron in his X-Wing making a trench run. Um, that's a little too similar to the original movie. So there are elements of the battle that I really like, and elements that I'm not too big on. Uh, Captain Phasma, we won't even talk about how wasted she was. And the fact that they just grabbed her were like, lower the shields. Okay. You know, it, it, complete waste of space that character is. And I'm going to say it right here, right now. You do not waste Gwendolyn Christie. That is a no-no. Okay. That being said, that's kind of my feelings. It's not one of my favorite battles. There are elements I very much enjoy. But in ranking the Star Wars battles, it would rank pretty low on my list. So, those are my thoughts on the Battle of Starkiller Base. Let me know what you think about this iconic moment in The Force Awakens. My name is Brendan Moore, and that noise you're hearing is my ventilator. And thank you for tuning in to Page Turners They Were Not My Star Wars Podcast. May the Force be with you.